For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Picks and Parlays here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm your host, Nick Eber, along with my good friend and my co-host, Ali Burns. Ali plus money, honey Burns. You can find her on Twitter, or that handle. Well, hello. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. By the way, you can find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Andrew just put it up on the screen and put it up again so I can get that hate mail. You know I love it. <laughs> Happy Tuesday, February the 18th, 2020. Allie, it is National Crab Stuffed Flounder Day. Of all days. Yes. It's also National International Wine Drinking Day today. Oh, it's like my day. You can combine the two. Curmudgeon Day is your day, but wine drinking is my day. Yes. Uh, Curmudgeon <laughs> Day, definitely my day. I miss Curmudgeon Day already. I oh, know. We should, dear. like, you know, figure out another way to make that happen. I know. Well, we have a big show today. We're going to start with uh, Chip Chicken Dinner Chirimbus, one of our favorite handicappers. His Model T, I hear it. I hear it out in the parking lot. Uh, he'll be joining us here shortly. We're going to talk some NHL hockey. I'm going to cover the Blue, uh, the blue Jackets, Flyers, the Devils, Blues, the Kings, Jets. And what do you got, Allie? I got the one? Maple Leafs and the Penguins, Carolina and Nashville. Very good. And then uh, Bookie Blaster Brown, Triple B. Tony Brown joining me here in the studio. We're going to talk a little pugilism. That's right. The sweet science, the boxing. We're going to talk a Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury 2. This is going to be a great fight. And, of course, Triple B, a massive, massive boxing handicap. He's going to tell you where the best bets will be. And then we'll top it all off with the Duff man, Joe Duffy, joining us to talk a little college ball. What do, you got? what do you got to go with? I'm going to go with Creighton and Marquette. Love that matchup. And Oklahoma State at West Virginia. What do you got? I got the Fighting Illini against the Nittany Lions and Pittsburgh against the Seminoles of Florida. All right. I have a future on the Seminoles of Florida. It's looking pretty good for me. The future looks bright for you guys, doesn't yep. it? Well, congratulations. Hope we're invited to the wedding. Okay. <laughs> uh, Picksandparlays.net is where you will find us. Uh, you also find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So please, while you're at it, uh, just hashtag Parley Radio. We'll see it here in the studio, and Andrew will put it up on the screen, and we'll endeavor, do our best to put you into the show. It can be rude. It can even be really rude. But if it's too rude, I won't read it on the air because the radio will be mad at me. All right, Nick Eber, Ali Burns, we're going to go. We'll be right back with more Chip Chirimbus right after this. And you are back on Picks and Parleys with me, your host, Nick Eber. Or Twitter me, twatter me. Reach out and flatter me. Flattery gets you everywhere. Didn't you know that? Isn't that right, Allie Burns? It absolutely is. <laughs> and you can find Allie on Twitter as well at Plus Money Honey. Maybe we can make her a lower third. So if you can't spell that one, it's probably probably need to go back to one of these schools we're talking about and complete your education instead of just playing basketball. I mean, come on. All right. Well, speaking of uh, hockey, mm -hmm. which we weren't speaking about at all, Not but let's bit. get to it. Let's bring in our good friend, star handicapper, the man, the myth, the legend, the chicken dinner himself. Chip Chirimbus. Uh, Chipper, how are you today? Hi, Chip. I'm, how you doing, Allie? Good to see you. You look Good. great. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Chip, for flattering oh. me that way. 
You make him jealous Nick, if you don't compliment Nick, him. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't say the same for you, Nick. You know, we oh. go further back than Allie. You but, wanker. You know, right. you, I, you love, I love you. You're number one in my heart. And I oh, put on the skates you. for you. My ankles are breaking right now. I put, I'm on so much ice in this NHL hockey. All right, well, let's get to it, shall we, Chipper? Because we have uh, quite a few right. games. This is our rapid-fire segment, so let's fire oh, away yeah. rapidly, shall we? Uh, right. Let's start with the Blue Jackets. <clears throat> Excuse me. At the Flyers, Columbus are 30-30. and 30. They're on a five-game stink-it-up losing streak right now. They're 12-16 and 16 on the road. They're 19-9 against the spread. They're still, though, only six points behind the leading Capitals uh, in that... Um, what is that one? It's not the Metropolitan, is it? It is, right? Well, Anyway, whatever. The, the Flyers, uh, 32 and 27. Uh, they're 6 3 and 1 in the last 10, coming off a 5 3 loss to Tampa. They're 19 and 9 straight up at home. They're 19 and 9 against the spread. Look, this is what we got. We got a uh, minus 1.5 puck line for Philly that's paying plus 170 right now. But the money line on Philly is minus 140. They're obviously the favorites in total goals of five and a half. I know a lot of people avoid the total goals with hockey because it gets a little crazy sometimes. What are we doing on this one, Chipper? You know, this Columbus, like you said, have lost five in a row, Nick, and that was after an 18-2 and three run, which is tremendous. But what happens to these teams? There's so much ebb and flow. Once they get hot and they've been hot for a month or six weeks, it's hard to sustain that. And then when they finally get beat and it's sort of like their bubble's been burst, they head in the other direction and it's hard to stop the slide. Um, Philadelphia's 22-10 and 10 at home. This is on the money line, and 12-4 and four is a favorite when at home. I would take the Flyers over Columbus here um, just because of the fact of how Columbus has turned it around are going actually into this slide right now with the 0-5 streak. So I would fade them completely right now and stick with the Flyers. Okay, Flyers on the money line. No, no puck lines, just money line. Right? No, not at all. No. All right. Okay, wait a minute. That was no money line or no puck line? No, no, it would be on the money line. Okay, no puck good. Line. All right. I'll hand you over to Allie now. <laughs> Chip doesn't like puck lines. He's told us that. You're right. Okay, so we're going to stay in Pennsylvania. I'm going to talk Maple Leafs and the Penguins. Maple Leafs are 31-29. and 29. They've got 70 points. They're coming off a loss at Buffalo, 5-2. to two. They give up three goals in the third period of that game. Not a good look. They're going to be facing the Penguins. They're 36-21, and 21, 78 points for them. They're coming off back-to-back -back wins at home. They beat the Red, Win Red Wings 5-1 to one on Saturday, showing Pitt at minus 131. What do I do with this one? Well, it's not a bad number to lay here, and I'll, I'll tell you why. The, um, Toronto is not only three. They've only won three of the last 11 games when they've been posted as an underdog, but they're in a very bad situation, Allie. This is the third game in four nights. They, this has happened 13 times this year to the Maple Leafs. They're 2-11 and 11 in the third game on the fourth night. So I would fade them just because of that. Um, the number looks kind of shallow to me at one th in, the, in the 30s, like you said. But Pittsburgh, the Penguins are 20-7 and seven as a home favorite on the money line. I would lay Pittsburgh here. All right, lay Pittsburgh. Okay, Nick, what do you got? I got the New Jersey Devils, the St. Louis Blues. The Devils, 22-37. and 37. Uh, they're 5-5 five and five in the last 10, coming off a 4-3 win over Columbus. They're 12-16 and 16 straight up and against the spread on the road. They're 0-10, though, in the last 10 versus the Blues. And the Blues are 32-27. and 27. They're 2-8 and eight in the last 10. Ouch, on a five-game loser right now. Smelling pretty bad there in St. Louis. 18-11 and 11 straight up, 12-17 and 17 against the spread at home. Still got a decent home record. They're only 1-4 and four straight up, the last five at home, though. It's continuing the stink fest there. Yet, they are minus 215 on the money line. 
And uh, I won't even mention the puck line because Chicken Dinner doesn't yeah. like it. Well, you know, it, the money line's huge here. And I, with New Jersey only winning two of the last 17 times that they've played this team. But St. Louis, you know, a year ago, December, they had the worst record in the NHL. They turned it around the whole second part of last season and ran it into the Stanley Cup and has had a great start this year and playing great hockey. Maybe... If the you know the worm has turned here. Maybe they're looking ready to fade a little bit. As as I said, they've won one of the last eight games outright, but they're ten and one as favorites in this series. So it's it's tough for me to to take New Jersey because I don't think they have a chance, and I certainly don't want to lay to um, St. Louis the way they've been playing. I mean, they can't get yeah. out of their own way, and they're two to one favorites here. I would I just couldn't make a play here in, in yeah. rationale. I think that no matter which side I'd come to, I'd end up being a loser. All right, so Chip Chirimba says, Devils of Blues, take a pause. What's next, Allie? All right, I got Carolina and Nashville. Now, this home team has been beating up on the Blues. They just swept their series with those national uh, or those defending champions. Predators are 29 and 29 with 65 points. They have won three in a row. Um, coming off the two to one win against the Blues, I was talking about, they're going to be hosting Carolina Hurricanes. They're 33 and 25 with 70 points. Coming off a 4-3 home loss to the Edmonton Oilers. That was an overtime loss. I'm showing the home team, Nashville, at minus 120. What do we think about that number? Well, I think the number's very shallow, um, Allie. At 120 is virtually a pick'em situation. Um, I have not been all that impressed with, with Nashville at all. Um, you know, you can say Carolina's um, two and six in their last eight straight up on the road, but they have won six of the last seven meetings against this club. Nashville, as a, as in the last four meetings, the underdog in the last four meetings is four and oh. But Nashville also is the same kind of position that Toronto's in, where we were speaking about playing their third game in their fourth nights, fourth night, fourth day. And they are three and eight in that situation. So in the NHL, that looks like a trend right now that's pretty reliable. When you have these teams going out and playing three games in four days, that fourth night, that third game, they really tend to struggle. So I would play against the Nashville here and take a shot with the uh, the road team. Take All right, that makes a lot of sense. A right, whole lot of sense. And you know what they say, Chip? Going to Carolina What's in that? the morning. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Next up, the LA Kings at the Winnipeg Jets. The Kings, 21 and 38. They're 3 and 7 in the last 10. But wait a minute, not all bad. There's a two game winning streak going on under the radar here. They're coming off a 3 1 road win at Colorado. They're 9 and 25, though, straight up. 19 and 15 against the spread when on the road. Not so good. The Jets, 30 and 30. They're 5 and 5 in the last 10, coming off a win against the Blackhawks. They're 3 and 2. <clears throat> They're 15 and 17 straight up at home, by the way. They don't have the greatest home record. 14 and 18 against the spread. 5 and 11 straight up in the last 16 at home. So this is actually a fascinating matchup. Uh, and I'm looking at this Winnipeg minus 149 on the money line. I don't know, Chipper. Where are we going on this one? Well, you know, you can't take the LA Kings. They're absolutely hard. And they've been they're hard for a period of time. They've only won 16 of their last 65 games on the road. I mean, that's absolutely putrid. And like you said earlier, 9 and 23 on the season. Two and eight in their last 10 games outright. But Winnipeg is 10 and four against LA and when they're at home, fine. But overall, you mentioned it, five and 11 at home overall. Maybe they can beat this team. The home team in the series is 19 and nine. So I would lay I would lay the home team in this in this situation. And it's, it's virtually impossible to t take the Kings on the road the way they play. And 
you know, they're like the Cleveland Browns out there. You're just never going to get anything good out of them in the long run, and you're always better off fading them than taking them. So I would take Winnipeg at home. They've won a few times for us this year, and uh, only at home, though, I must say that. I, I played against them on the road, but I would play them here over to Kings. Well, I tell you what, I was a Kings, L.A. Kings fan for many years, Chip Cherubis, and uh, yeah, but they played the Gretzky era. hockey in the past. There during but, the Gretzky era, uh, you know, when the when uh, uh, Bruce McNoll, the owner of the Kings, who's a guy I knew actually, went to jail. Right. Though. Hi, Bruce. Don't pick up the soap <laughs> in the shower. Okay. All right. We got to go to break. Chip Cherimbus. What, you have another something I else? I was just going to say, speaking because it's International Wine Day, today is that. Um, Wayne Gretzky makes uh, a fantastic wine. I don't know if you've tried it, but go out there and get you some Gretzky wine. Because it ain't bad stuff. If you, that, you drink the wine, you become an uncontrollable studio. sports better. Okay. <laughs> I, I would have brought a bottle to the studio if I had known that was happening. <laughs> All right. We're going to go be right back. Triple B. Let's talk a little boxing after the break. Welcome back. Picks and parlays. We're live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, and we are there Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific. And we also stream live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for your edification and enjoyment. And if you missed any part of this show, never fear, because right after the show, you can get the podcast at our podcast network, which is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network. That's where you'll find us. Well, we covered a little hockey. We do a lot of college basketball. But... We do have a massive fight coming up, and uh, it's going to be between me and my next guest, uh, Triple B, Bookie Braster Brown. Are you ready to go? Um, let's square off. Let's, 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 square do, it. let's off. do it, buddy. I'm ready. Uh, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury 2 coming out. I am so excited about this fight. But let, let me tell you, the um, Anthony Joshua Ruiz fight was a fight that had me yelling and one. Okay, one, right. was a fight that had me literally... I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was up off my seat. I was yelling. I was screaming. I was besides myself. Uh, the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, one fight. Right. I had that same effect. This man is proof. I'm talking about Tyson Fury <laughs> okay. of life after death. He was dead. He was right. dead in the twelfth round. He was out for the count. Right. I don't know what. Spoiler happened. alert. What? What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what. By the way, nice earrings. My Thank sister you. has some just like that. I Thank don't know. You. What uh, what fairy dust his uh, guardian angel sprinkled on him? But boom, he gets up and then puts back Wilder. Wilder's, uh, we're going to relive that fight. Man. One of the best fights of the last decade, if you ask seriously, me. Seriously, seriously. I mean, I'm a WWF fan from back in the day. This dude looked like the Undertaker when he rose up off of that fight. Uh, I thought the fight should have been waved off. I don't even think there should have been a count. The right. fact that he got up to even get that draw was amazing to me. So this part two is going to be... It's the rematch we've all been waiting for. This takes me back to a time when the heavyweight division was full, full of stars. Mike Tyson and yep. Evander Holyfield. You know, you couldn't wait to see these guys get in there with the bitches Ear knockouts. Biker. Right, the yeah, whole yeah, situation. And so, I mean, these guys take me back to that era. Deontay Wilder's 43 wins. He has 41 knockouts. No losses. The only draw came against Fury. He's knocked out 41 of his 43 opponents, like he said. Tyson Fury's the only dude who can survive that thing. But look, look, look. De Deontay Wilder is the hardest hitting heavyweight ever most technical best feet maybe okay maybe muhammad ali's feet actually were better okay i mean you we're very different ages now right but i mean you know muhammad ali didn't have anywhere near the power a guy no. like uh, a, a guy like deontay wilder does right but everything about wilder is the complete package however here's a however you look at tyson fury and here is a flawed man here is a man that um, the Gypsy King, 
came up from you know the wrong part of the of the tracks literally okay. right um was named tyson after mike tyson right which is you know probably should I tell mean, that's you a good name for heavyweight he boxer. doesn't look he's not cut he's not right. you know yet you watch this man he has some sublime skills and for a big man this is where i see right. he might have an advantage though two things could happen here and i want to go okay. through this with you he's much taller than deontay okay okay he's ganglier than deontay okay He's faster than Deontay with his hand speed. For sure. Agree, right? For sure. Agree. To get him, Deontay's going to really have to mat, he's going to have to land those punches. Now, he landed that punch in the 12th round of the last fight. And let me tell you something. I don't think there's any fighter in the world that would have survived that punch other than Tyson Fury. Well, I mean, like I said, the word survive, and you're giving Tyson Fury too much credit. He didn't survive it. He was well, knocked because, unconscious. Oh, yeah, he got, if you watch the tape, he got like he got a up. 13 count. So, well, I mean, it's only on. supposed to go to 10, that and that's if you count. Like, there's so many times the ref just waves Listen, it off when a guy on his America, back sleep. Okay? You know what I mean? There's it's no England way he should have got. I know, and so it seems like someone has a bias here. But at the end of the day, Deontay Wilder is the hardest-hitting heavyweight. He's the best. He put Tyson Fury on his back twice. There's no way you can win a man's title from off your back. The fact that he even got a draw is ridiculous to me. You were on your back twice in the heavyweight fight. You got a 13 count, and you should have been waved off. You never should have even got a count. Like, they wanted this to be a rematch. It was a money thing. Uh, Wilder already said he's going to knock him out this time, and he won't get right. up, and I believe it. Uh, Tyson Fury, though, is the better boxer. When you knock a man down, you get a 10-8 round. So the fact that Deontay Wilder got a draw and was up four rounds, that means he was down on the cards bad. Right, but let me put you this way, okay? Um, when you watch the Golovkin-Canelo fight, the last one, uh -oh. okay? Golovkin landed a bunch of shots on Canelo. Right. And it just had no effect on him. Exactly. Canelo was a brick wall. Exactly. Tyson Fury landed shots on Deontay Wilder, right. and they had a serious effect on him. He put Wilder down in the fight. He staggered him after he came back from that knockdown in the 12th round. This is a, not a situation where you've got one man who's got sublime boxing skills but doesn't have the power. Now, look, I happen to be with you on this one. Right. I actually think Deontay's going to win this fight. I wouldn't be surprised if he knocks out Tyson Fury, but I, side of me would be surprised. I think he's going to win this on decision, because I think no. Fury's too smart to let him connect no, with that No, he again. can't. He, and see, that's the thing. He can't win the decision. The reason he got a draw last time is because of the two knockdowns. Otherwise, he would have lost that uh, that one on four rounds if it went to the decision. Tyson Fury is going to land more punches. But like you said, these are... I'm glad you brought up the Canelo thing. A lot of people thought the Triple G fight was closed because Triple G backed Canelo down. I think Canelo was fighting off of his back. I don't even think that fight was close. I think Canelo I, washed him out. I agree so with you, by the way. I, the I fact Deontay Wilder may struggle or whatever, he has 41 knockouts and 43 wins. He's not looking to outbrawl you. He's not looking to win on points. He's looking to knock out Tyson Fury. So Greatest heavyweight since Mike Tyson? For sure. And I that's agree. that's personal opinion and stat-wise. They All those smart computer kids did the stats. Yep. His KO ratio versus opponents and all that. He's the greatest. I, I agree with you, by the way. I'm not going to disagree. I'm right. a big Deontay Wilder fan. Huge. The man is Huge. got, as I said, power, hand speed, foot speed, and he's got skills. He's a he technician does. as well. Now, you know, we talked about Tyson Fury. He's got incredible hand speed. As he's got well. Really ridiculous foot and leg oh, yeah. speed for such a gangly tree. This fight is okay. going to be It's going to be a great one. Yeah. Let's let's uh, so which way we're going to take you you're going to take Wilder with the knockout in which round? I'm actually I'm going to take Wilder and the over. 
you can bet over under in boxing and they have the over under set at 10 and a half rounds like you said tyson fury knows he can't go down twice again he doesn't want to feel those punches and deontay wilder also knows he can't get beat up the whole fight and just right. hope for a knockout so these guys are going to respect each other's power from the first fight and i see wilder knocking him out late 11th 12th round stoppage because fury's going to do something silly because you know, Wilder's the more seasoned fighter here. Fury only has 29 fights. Yeah, and of course, uh, Tyson Fury, this is the great comeback. I didn't like his last fight uh, that he had. I, I thought that was really, you know, it was, yeah. it was a nobody. tune-up fight. It was yeah. a tune-up fight, I know. Uh, look, Tyson Fury looks good. Yeah. Mentally, this is a guy that's had serious, you know, depression problems. He fought with depression. He ballooned up a hundred, over 100 pounds he had to lose. Uh, of course, they call it stone in, in, in England. But uh, he's... You know, he's on the comeback trail. He's got something to prove. He wants he wants those belts. Yeah, I mean, we have to pick a winner here, so that's why I'm picking Wilder or whatever, but I'm not going to say it's going to be an easy win, and this is not going to be a great fight. Tyson Fury's going to give him everything that he can handle, but it's just not going to be enough. Like I said, I don't think the first right. one was a draw at all. All right, let's talk best heavyweights out there right now. We've got Tyson Fury, we've got Deontay Wilder, and, and of Anthony course, Anthony Joshua. Joshua. Now, look, right. I... I mean, AJ is, is a gorgeous specimen of a man, all right? He is cut. He's got a body like Adonis. He's got a face like a movie star. However, that chin he has, I think it's got a little glass in it. I mean, a lot of glass. He went down to Klitschko. He did beat Klitschko, but Klitschko yep. had put him on his back. He came from off his back and won that fight. Andy Ruiz. And then Andy Ruiz took all his belts, and I was so happy because he was ducking Fury, and he was ducking Anth uh, Wilder. So right. he thought Ruiz would be a tune-up fight. Yeah. He got all his belts. <laughs> he got too, his so, butt kicked. Yeah. And then, I by mean, the way, the return fight. Right. He came back strong. You know, Ruiz did yeah, but, okay. But, but Ruiz Joshua, did okay, too, yeah, by yeah. the way. Let's not, let's not forget. Right, right. Joshua, I mean, Joshua you know, won he the just fight. got his belts back, but like, I don't yeah. think he's no match for either one no, of these I two. I agree. I agree. I think the winner this fight's going to win that fight and take all the belts in. There we go. The Unified heavyweight. All right, let's quickly talk about uh, your man, my man, probably the man, I think, along with Deontay Wilder, pound for pound, best boxer in the world. Well, no, forget Deontay Wilder for a minute. Let's just say it. Pound for pound, Canelo. the best boxer in the world right now, Canelo, Canelo Alvarez. He is, uh, he is something else to behold. And, and you know what I, what I love about Canelo is having right. watched his career from when he was a kid, coming up into the professional ranks outside of Mexico, playing, doing his first fights outside of Mexico. You know, he was slight. He was gangly. He had right. a different style. This kid is growing into uh, the Hulk. I mean, I mean he's squared yes. up. His George squared. He's right. hard as a rock. His punches have become so much harder. But most importantly, right. his boxing skills have moved along with it. He's a technician. Right, because he's under the tutelage of Oscar De La Hoya. You yep. got an Olympian, a world champion. The you most, I mean? One so, of the most entertaining fighters in history. Exactly. Yeah. So with De La Hoya's tutelage, he's not taking on risky fights. He's just, you know what I mean? He's perfect. And then he's just a naturally strong kid. He's beating everybody they put in front of him. Only loss was the Floyd Mayweather. Everyone but lost he was to very Floyd. young That's when he fought. Saying, very young when Floyd. he fought, fought So Floyd. you can't even really count that. And, I mean, Canelo's the face of the sport right now. You know, Floyd is like one of those Rubik's Cube oh, cubes. Geez. In order to figure it out, you yeah. need a lot of time, and you need to look at it from 100 angles. Of no. course, the Rubik's Cube doesn't punch you back. Right. And, and, and that's the problem. Uh, that's people – we talked about this in the right. break. I mean, Floyd Mayweather is – whether you think he's an objectionable person or not, say, I, I do, but, you know, whatever. Whether you think – that he's not an entertaining boxer because he's not. Right. Okay. This is Nick's opinion. I'm this with is the my opinion. team all day. I, is, I like Floyd personally well, I don't know and him. professionally. Well, so I, do, I don't know him. I so I, I will say I'll I know him personally, so I'll be ashamed to come on the show and act differently. But I will say this the man, the best boxer, one of the best boxers, technicians I've ever seen. Uh, if you've watched this man's fight, you will watch a, a man fight over a career and, and get hit so few times 
his right. shoulder gets hit. Right. But uh, brilliant. I mean, b brilliant talent. And and a guy like Canelo, as right. a kid, couldn't unlock him. But nobody could unlock and him. Yeah, and I'm the opposite. I do like Floyd personally. I met him a few times, been to a few of the events, but I don't like his boxing style. I'm from the old school. I watched Sugar, Lay, Sugar Ray, Marvin Hagler, Hearns. I seen guys go in there and duke it out. All that shoulder rolling. It's not entertaining. But however, he's not here to entertain nope. me. Is that Technically, I'm here to win. He's never lost. He's one of the best. Like you said, he's the best technician in the game ever. So... Floyd Agreed. is Floyd. That's a different animal. But Canelo's the face of the sport right now. Heavyweight, yep. middleweight, period. He's the face of boxing All right, right Triple now. B, always a pleasure to talk boxing with you, my friend. Before I go, can I give a shout-out to my nephews, Braylon Please. and Little Mikey. It's happy first and fifth birthday, guys. Happy first and fifth yeah, birthday. Milestone wow. That's birthdays. six if you put them together. Put them together. How about six, that? Yeah, right. six. Congratulations, guys. All right, enjoy the fight this weekend. We'll be right back with Plus Money Honey instead of this guy. Be right back. Welcome back. Picks and Parlays, Sports Byland Broadcast Network, also streaming live YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Nick Eber. By the way, I'm looking at myself on the monitor. It looks like I'm, I'm sweating profusely. I'm really not. It does a little bit. Yeah, I know. I'm really not. I'm I actually, can powder you. I need some powder. Oh, There's girl, some over there. I was, stuff, I was, you know? We do have powder. I just didn't put any on today because, well, because I didn't. All right. Uh, <laughs> Nick Eber with Allie plus Money Honey Burns. We have done boxing. Done the NHL. That's love the boxing. Quite the boxing talk you guys love had the boxing. there. I love boxing. The the sweet science, one of the oldest sports on the planet. I have a quick question for you, yeah. Mr. Englishman. I yeah. used to live in England. I always wondered when they weigh you in stones. Yeah. You were just mentioning. Is that because pounds are money? No, it's because in the old day, that's how they would weigh you. Was yeah, it I have, like I one like, stone? I have sixteen stone here, and this is you know, I one stone is X amount. So you would stand up on the scale, and they would offset you with stones, and that's why. But aren't stone. all stones like different? No, they would get stones the same rough size. You're really in, right. much too into this, but it's right. you know. <laughs> I was just wondering. That's no, all right. It's all, I'll bring you a stone. Are you stone? Because English muffins are really. Because it's England, and you don't call English muffins. You don't say American hamburgers, do you? McDonald's. All right, yes. enough of this nonsense. <laughs> Fair all right, enough. All right. It's enough with you. Let's bring in the Duff Man. The Duff Man cometh. Joe Hello, Duffy. Duff man. Ah, I left his brother Sean outside. Good stuff. Joe, let's do some college basketball. You ready? I am ready. You're the greatest uh, boxing expert since Joe Bugner to come from the UK, I think. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I, uh, uh, Eddie Hearn, my idol. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready for some boxing, Duffy? I mean, some college I basketball. I am ready. It's the, uh, the, what is it, the, the plus money honey and the plus size sunny. Yeah, I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Um, let's start, shall we? The fighting Illini at Penn State. The Illini are 16 and 9, 12, 11 and 1 against the spread. They're 6 and 4 in the last 10. They're on a four game stink it up losing streak. Losses to Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, that is, Maryland and Iowa. They're 4 and 5 straight up, 5 and 4 against the spread on the road, 8 and 6 in conference. Total's gone under in four of the last six for the Illini, and the Nittany Lions are 20-5, and 15-8-2 against the spread, 8-2 in the last 10. They're on an eight-game win streak, so kind of the, the opposite there. They're coming off a loss, though. Well, that can't be if they're on a, in a win streak. That has to be a win over Northwestern, not a loss, I would imagine, right? Um, you're nodding. That means yes. Okay, they are 13-1 straight up, 9-4-1 against the spread at home. 10 and 4 in conference. Look, this team is fantastic at home. Uh, total's gone under in five of the last seven. Uh, they are six and a half point favorites, total of 138. Uh, you like that, or do you think that's uh, not enough points? 
Well, the, the key here in the line varies. Ayo Desamnu, who is the uh, leading scorer for the Illini, he is uh, questionable. He didn't play. It was a game-time decision against Rutgers, and he wound up not playing. So as we get closer to game time, uh, obviously this line will move depending on that. This game kind of fits into uh, my old regression to the mean angle that really overlaps in every single sport. Clearly, Penn State, the much hotter team. Illinois, they had that seven-game winning streak snapped, and then they've lost four straight. But teams like that tend to bounce back. It's a rare circumstance, but under those exact parameters, teams are 25-14-1 for 64.1% to bounce back from uh, a losing streak after a big winning streak. That, of course, would benefit the Illini. And our road teams that have dropped at least four straight versus an opponent that's won at least seven straight. Of course, the, what's the public going to say? I'm going to go with the much hotter team. How, why would I not bet on Penn State? They're so much hotter, but wrong. The uh, computer says going with the much colder team on the road under these circumstances, 69 and 43. I do think, though, the key, in addition to the injury that we talked about, Kofi Coburn for Illinois matches up pretty well. He's got some size for uh, the Illini. That's Penn State. One of their weaknesses, they don't really have a lot of size underneath. Uh, so Coburn is only averaging 8.3 points over his last four games, 13.6 overall. Um, you know, he is a freshman. Is he wearing down? I don't know. I, I like these young teams to peak late. And if the Somu is uh, healthy, uh, Illinois will have two good, very young players where I think they can peak later. At the very least, I do expect them to keep it close because, like I said, it fits into that nice regression of the mean of actually going with the colder road team. All right. And if you went to Illinois, were you are you an Illini alumni? No. I, am I? Oh, okay. I got you. Never mind. Yeah, oh, a little no. slow on the draw. All right. Uh, yes, you All right. would be. All right. Uh, and let's go back to some more college hoops. What you got, Allie? All right. Well, I've got Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Oklahoma State is 13 and 12. I liked them a lot of the beginning of the season. They got a little rocky, but now they're looking for three in a row. They just come up, came off a win uh, against Texas Tech in Morgantown, 73 to 70. They're at the bottom of the Big 12, but they're they're working on it. They're four and five on the road, three and nine in conference. They're improving. They're going to play number 17, West Virginia. It's another team I've looked at a lot this year. They're great at home, but they're coming off three losses in a row. They were to all the big guys, uh, Baylor, Kansas, and Oklahoma. Uh, lost to Baylor 70-59. to They're 12-1 and at home and 6-6 six and six in conference, though. I'm showing West Virginia minus 10.5 at 135 is the total. Where do we go? I kind of feel like it's the same as what you were saying. Play the colder team, even though they're that business. What's what the, do you uh, that's the statistics <laughs> he threw out. Yeah. The blue that's what to I the hear statistics. when you talk stuff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but, but as you said, you know, West Virginia, they, they've had, uh, you know, a tough run against some very tough opponents, so they're yeah. not necessarily sizzling. But you did sort of allude to it where OSU, they came out of the gates pretty quickly. They're They're – really driven by their seniors 59% of their scoring comes from their seniors and that's usually what happens that experience helps you at the beginning of the year but there's a point of diminishing return my problem in this game and even though it's a fairly low total where are the points going to come um, from uh, West Virginia typical of them very good defensive team they're not sensational offensively they're allowing though only 61.8 points per game which does rank at 19th among all Division I teams while Oklahoma State's offense only averaging 261st. I don't know where Oklahoma State's going to get those uh, points for, but again, uh, West Virginia, 
they've not been able to total more than 60 points in their current streak. Now they're playing top tier teams, but they're not, their shot selection hasn't been very good. Uh, they're really hitting only a 42% from the field, hitting only 30% from downtown. And my three independent projections, all this game sneaking under some of them by a little bit more, but 73-61, 74-58, 72-60, all of course, West Virginia winning, but right around the number. But I do think that even though it's, you know, moderately low total, I still think these points are going to be very tough to come by. So a lot of things point towards the under in a very low scoring game here. All right. Take the under in West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Okay, Nick, what do you got? All right, let's do some more college basketball. Let's get to it, shall we? Uh, the Pittsburgh Panthers at the Florida State Seminoles. The Panthers 15 and 11, 12 and 14 against the spread. They're four and six in the last 10. They're on a two-game losing streak, most recently losing 57-67 to Virginia Tech. They're two and six straight up, three and five against the spread on the road. Six and nine in conference. They're five and oh in the last five, though, against Florida State. That is an interesting stat to go with the somewhat weak uh, last 10 game uh, uh, that they're on. Uh, Florida State Seminoles, 21 and four, 12 and 13 against the spread. They're eight and two in the last 10. They're hot. Coming off an 80 to a 77 win over Syracuse. They're 13 and 0 straight up, 5 and 4 against the spread at home, 11 and 3 in conference. Uh, they've gone over in six of the last eight, and they are huge favorites here. 11 and a half point favorites, total 135 and a half. But you see, I look at this 5 and 0 against the spread in the last five versus Florida. Uh, you know, is it worth uh, going with Florida here? Um, yeah, this is a case where, look, Florida State, they're piping hot. They won 21 out of 24, and I tried to find. You know, an advantage you normally would think that you would go with Pittsburgh there. Hadn't really found much either way. Teams that have won of 21 out of 24 or at least 20 out of the last 25, stuff like that, aren't necessarily big go with or go against. But underdogs of 12 or more with at least 15 wins and at least three games above 500, pretty solid 263, 222 and 11. That's 54.2%. And that includes 56.5% on the uh, road. Uh, the three computer programs that I do like to use for um, score projections, all of this game sneaking under the total 72 to 60, 72, 59, 73, 61, obviously all with Florida State winning, but they all lean pretty strongly towards the under. I think you could make, you know, they were originally when I sent in the plays for the graphics, um, I did say the under, and that'll be my official play. But, you know, especially as I got a couple more notes between then and, and by the time this airs, I can see making a pretty strong argument for Pittsburgh to stay within that number as well. All right, you got it. There you have it. All right, Allie, what's next on the list? Okay, I'm asking for another free pick. This one is a big matchup in the Big East. We've got number 15, Creighton, going to visit number 19, Marquette. Creighton is 20 and 6. They've won their last three games. They handled DePaul, and I really like DePaul. It was hard to watch, 93 to 64. Tyshawn Alexander is a beast, 24 points, 8 assists. They're number 2 in the Big East, 9-4 and four in conference. Marquette has been one of those teams that I keep my eye on, though. I, I just don't like to play against them. Maryland's one of those teams, too. Uh, Marquette's 17-7. They're coming off a one-point loss at Villanova. They've got their own superstar in Marcus Howard. He averages 27 points a game. I really like that kid, too. Uh, they're number 4 in the Big East, 7-5 and five in conference. 12 and 1 at home. I'm showing Marquette minus 2.5. I know that number moved a little bit. And the total at 154.5. So tell me, Duff, who is bigger in the Big East? 
Yeah, you're right, Al. I do see at least uh, last time I checked, Marquette had been up to three and a half, but not all the sports books were necessarily um, posted, um, you know, as we do record this. Their seniors, Marquette, account for 73% of the team scoring, 78% over the last five games. But again, my general rule of thumb, senior-laden teams I do think can start to become a little bit overvalued as the year goes on. Now, that being said, you know, that college basketball is one of the few sports where I do put a little bit more stock on how a team does as the splits, how a road team does on the road and the home teams at home. Marquette has won their last four home games by a pretty impressive 79.8 to 65.5 margin. Still, I think Creighton matches up pretty well. They're very good at protecting the ball. Marquette, not good at forcing turnovers. Uh, Creighton has won seven of eight, including beating number eight Villanova and number 10 uh, Seton Hall. Uh, again, the computer projections have this line just about right, but especially if you can get three and a half, all three of them have Creighton sneaking to within the number. So I, I do think, yeah, the Creighton has shown that they can be quality teams on the road. And with Marquette, you know, it's kind of my counterintuitiveness because they are led by seniors. I do think, like I said, when you get in mid to late March, those teams can become a little bit undervalued. Look, this will be a great game to watch. I think it will go down to the wire. And if I think it'll go down to the wire, then the three and a half points looms large. But like you said, that, that extra half a point or point, make sure you do uh, shop around and get the best line possible as well. That's the truth on every game, but I think especially on this game, which could really go down to the wire. I will take the points and go with Creighton. All right, take the points and go with Creighton. We have a saying in our house, and it's, hey, half points matter. All right. Oh, Truth. yes, without right question. There. You know, I, I, I talked about that. I One of the, the things that squares will say is, hey, you know, if, if you like a game at uh, three, but you don't like it, you know, laying four or vice versa, then, then I don't want your picks. I'm like, no, getting the best line is of enormous importance and i do think that really about 60 70 percent of the gamblers don't realize how important that is but I, I always preach not only shop for the best line but also the juice don't overlook the yeah. juice that you're going to be playing as well yeah that's huge all, all right, right nick what else do you got no that's it that's, that's it. it that wraps up our college basketball here. segment uh, joe duffy that's very interesting so shop around get the best line get the lowest juice i don't know it sounds like a diet but well, okay you, uh you, go ahead go ahead I just want to back up for a minute. You watched the boxing segment. Do you like this uh, Fury-Wilder 2 fight? Yeah, well, the, the interesting thing, I used to be a humongous boxing fan back in the day. Uh, you know, once they started going into all these divisions, and then, oh, then there's WBF, WBA. I'm being told yes. i got to go. We'll right. pick it up next time. Be right back after this to wrap it all up. Picks and parlays. Yes, sir. All right, kids. Welcome back, Picks and Parlays. Sports Byline Broadcast Network, where we're with you every day, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, Nick Eber, Ali Plus Money, Honey Burns. I want to apologize to Joe Duffy, cutting him off there. My bad clock management. I can't add up. I don't know what my problem is. But, Ali, we gave out a lot of picks. Should we, we recap? Should we recap them? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start. All right, we started off with Chip Chirimbus. NHL picks. Let's do Blue Jackets and Flyers. He says take the Flyers minus 145. Leafs and Penguins. Penguins minus 135 is your play. Take the Blues against the Devils. Take the Hurricanes against the Predators. Kings at Jets. Get on Winnipeg minus 155. All right, then we spoke a little boxing. And I don't know if we have that panel up or not. But we did talk boxing. We don't have it. But I will tell you what Triple B said. He said uh, Deontay Wilder will win. 
take the over, it's eight and a half rounds. Then we moved on to, see, I have good memory, right? You no, did. ten and a half you, rounds. For being Pardon such me. an old Take the man, over. Really it was ten and a half rounds. Uh, take the over. All right. Joe Duffy's college basketball picks. Uh, Illinois, Penn State, take the Illini plus seven. Oklahoma State against West Virginia, take the under 135. Uh, Pittsburgh at Florida State, take the under 135 and a half. And Creighton at Marquette, take Creighton plus three and a half. Those were our picks. Hope you had a chance to write them down. If you didn't, don't worry. You can find the podcast for this show up immediately on conclusion at the Believe Podcast Network. Also, Ali, uh, obviously, you can see it again on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Yep, that's how I do it. All right, you ready to go again tomorrow? I'm ready. I'll All be right. back. We'll be back with you tomorrow, same time, same place, same channel. Be there. Bet big, bet smart, and always bet, win, repeat. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.